Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 158, and it's a music memories episode. And today I'm joined by a returning guest here on the show. He's a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. It's Sean Sedor. Hello again, Sean. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing on this uh, this fine Monday evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I still uh, have a ton of WrestleMania weekend shows that uh, I need to work through. Uh, you know, Royal and Lucha, the Impact show at some point, uh, WrestleCon Super Show, stuff that I didn't get to uh, when I was, you know, taking part in reviews, and, or in, I guess in between taking part in reviews for Ring of Honor and WrestleMania, and then, you know, doing my doing my own outside of wrestling things you know watching a bunch of uh a bunch of racing this weekend which is uh there's a lot of wild and wacky stuff going on in that regard but uh yeah i'm i'm here to uh do a, a wonderful edition of uh music memories with you absolutely yeah well we're doing a, a late night recording here because uh, it's been a very busy number of days with wrestlemania weekend um as it is every year i mean you know it's always yes. it's always crazy this weekend and uh now it's over, and thankfully we made it through, you know, mostly unscathed, I think, because, you know, I, I think as long as you don't, uh, you know, overindulge yourself with the 800 indie shows going on and WrestleMania itself and ROH and whatnot, you won't get too overloaded with things. But um, now if you're a maniac like Rich and Joe and Griffin Peltier are and, you know, just reviewing all these shows for the weekend, that's that's a different story there. But um, that was not us, Sean, thankfully. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. I don't think I would be sitting, or I, I, I guess I don't think I, I would be willingly willing to sit through all those uh, Circle 6 shows. But uh, like I said, I watched Ring of Honor. I watched WrestleMania. I watched NXT. Uh, today I just finished the, the DDT show. And then like I mentioned earlier, I still want to watch Impact and World on Lucha and uh, the WrestleCon Super Show. So not not diving into the into the into the real muck of WrestleMania weekend, but uh, <laughs> still just got a couple of shows I want to hit here and there uh, for for uh, next weekend and uh, Easter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I watched the uh, the Super Show. I watched the New Japan Impact Show. I watched the ROH Show, uh, Takeover, WrestleMania. And I saw like bits and bobs of, of other shows like Bloodsport and DDT and whatnot, a few other things. So I, I had my fill of wrestling, that's for sure. And um, I'd say show of the weekend for me was definitely Supercard of Honor. Um, that was just a fantastic show up and down the whole thing with, you know, Vikingo Commander and, and yeah. Claudio and Eddie. At and, least with um, what I've 
yeah, at least with what I've seen so far, I'd, I'd say that's probably the show of the weekend. And probably, you know, depending, you know, based on what's left for me to watch, it's probably going to be that way. Um, I guess interesting that to me, there hasn't really been, there have been a lot of great matches or, you know, ones I've seen, ones that I've heard of that were great, but I haven't heard of anything that's like, you know, the match of the weekend per se. It seems like, you know, there's a couple of different possibilities of what could be people's match of the weekend, depending on what your preferences are. Like, you know, there's no, for example, uh, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn that uh, everyone says is, oh, this is the definite match of the weekend. Or, you know, Johnny Gargano versus Shingo, you know, no, like, number one standout, but, uh, you know, still a lot of great wrestling. And uh, I guess it's nice to have a different variety of what people think is the best match. So there you go. I will say that, uh, again, this is just my opinion, but I thought the the Yoshihiko tag match from the DDE <laughs> show was uh, just as good as anything on the first night of WrestleMania, at least <laughs> by my star ratings. So, uh, yeah, that, that Yoshihiko is, uh, is something else. Let me tell you. Hell of a worker. Hell of a worker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that match was a blast. I agree. You know, him and Brooks versus, uh, Shun Mao and the DDT opener there. Yeah. A lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Vikingo commander, like I said, uh, Claudio and Eddie and the crazy tag team ladder match and the Vikingo commander Taurus three way, um, the Gunther Sheamus Drew three-way at Mania. I mean, any one of those matches could be, you know, match of the weekend, and I wouldn't bat an eye at it. So, um, yeah, the, the choice is yours. So there you go, yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, we are here today, Sean, to do another Music Memories episode. And for those that may not know, Music Memories is when I have on a guest to talk about uh, three memories from the wrestling fandom that are strongly linked to music in some way. It could be a wrestler's theme, it could be a TV or pay-per-view theme, it could be from a game, an album, a movie or show about wrestling perhaps, whatever it may be. And it's not about analyzing the songs, it's more about, you know, a casual conversation about these memories, about these songs. And um, Sean, about a month or so ago, you messaged me that the next time I do one of these episodes, you wanted to be the guy for it, and uh, well, here you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually was thinking about this recently. I, I feel like... I'm pretty sure I was not on uh, Music of the Mat at any point last year. So I, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's been at least two years since I've done an episode with you. I know I did, I think it was the Batista episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did the Daniel Bryan episode, the Chris Jericho episode. And then I think, I, I, I think I was, correct me if it I'm was, wrong, I think I was. It was the uh, WWECW TV themes episode. Yes. Yep. I which remember that. I believe was summer of 2021 around there so uh right yeah it's been a while (laughs) i know i yeah and i know i did jericho i'm pretty sure i was on for daniel bryan brian danielson uh batista as well and then i correct me if i'm wrong i might have been one of the first guests on the podcast when it was still you and chris doing it together i think you were the first uh you were john carroll um yeah it was definitely a on one of the new japan albums i remember that yeah, I, I believe you were the first guest. I believe you were. Let me just check real quick. Yeah, that was the very, down, very early days down. of the, very early uh, days of the podcast. Yeah. Yep, episode six. You're the first one. So wow, you have the honor. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that was that long ago. It's crazy. Yeah, six years. Crazy man. <laughs> crazy. Now episode six. Now it's what one fifty eight. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, time flies. As the as the saying goes, time just flies on by but um but anyway let's get to it then uh sean what is your first music memory so 
the first song that I chose, and for anyone who knows about my work in Voices Wrestling knows that I'm primarily, or one of the things I do primarily, is uh, write about Ring of Honor, whether that's reviews or previews or the occasional column. So it should be no surprise that I picked a song from Ring of Honor. And given the timing of the last, you know, six months or so, I felt it was appropriate to go with this one. It's uh, Reach for the Sky by Adam Massacre, which uh, is the theme song for the Briscoes. Reach for the sky, boy! So, I know during the Sinclair era, the Briscoes had a couple of different themes, particularly in the early part of, of the Sinclair era of Ring of Honor, but at least for me, in that period of their careers, this is the song that I sort of associate most with them. Um, you know, I, I am, I think, one of the, I think I'm one of the rare cases where, well, I guess not rare cases, but I became a fan of Ring of Honor during the HD Net show, or at least that's when I discovered Ring of Honor was through the HD Net show, because I feel like people either were fans of became fans of Ring of Honor during the Golden Years or during you know the era under Sinclair, and but I fall in that category. So there was like that two year period where Ring of Honor was on the HD Net channel, and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I saw the Briscoes on there at some point. Uh, but the, you know, the first pay-per-view I remember watching from Ring of Honor was Final Battle 2010, where they teamed with their father, Papa Briscoe, against the Kings of Wrestling and Shane Hagedorn. And then, you know, after that, as I, you know, did further diving and became more uh, immersed with Ring of Honor, you know, I became fans of the Briscoes, watching their, you know, buying the DVDs and watching their matches, and then, you know, watching their stuff on on the current product and, and seeing what they were doing and. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy to see how special they were as a tag team. And then later on in the Sinclair era, when they really started to uh, really, I guess, develop the characters and the, the the promos that we all know them for. It's, you know, not that they didn't cut promos, you know, during the golden era of Ring of Honor, but it was really during that, that Sinclair era where, like, you know, when you go back and watch those Briscoes promos, a lot of them are from that era, and they, you know that's when they, you know, really I guess developed more of their their characters, where you got to see more of them on the farm, and you know, Mark and Jay just being themselves and cutting all these wild promos. Um, and yeah, again, this was the song that um, that I associated with them the most um, when I went to you know. I've seen them at a bunch of Ring of Honor shows, and not all of them were using the themes. I know the last time, or one of the last times I saw them was Final Battle 2018, uh, which is the last show that the Elite was on in SCU before AEW formed, and that was sort of in that period where they were using a bit of a darker theme when they were heels. Um, they may have used it at Madison Square Garden, I don't remember, but there were shows that I did go to that, you know, the Briscoes used their, you know, Reach for the Sky theme, and like I said, it's sort of become, at least for me, it's that part of their career 
that was the theme song that uh, I uh, most associated them with. And, you know, they continue to use it in the Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor that's ongoing with the, the three pay-per-views last year. Then uh, to this day, Mark is still using the theme song. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it, last year was a great year for the Briscoes with the FTR matches. And then, you know, we had the, the obvious tragedy that happened, uh, happened in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, uh, I am not shocked by this pick at all. <laughs> no, sir, because uh, to me, you are the ROH guy at Voices of Wrestling. Um, that and NASCAR. So, <laughs> uh, but but no, um, even though we have a whole bunch of people at VOW who watch ROH, who've been to ROH shows, who went to the classic shows back in the day, like you know Rich and John and uh, both Joes and, and so forth, but. To me, you are the guy I think of when I think of, of ROH at the site, um, especially Sinclair-era ROH, like you said, because a lot of people do wax nostalgic about the Gabe era, the Golden era, whatever, and, and rightfully so, but when it comes to like, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015 ROH, you know, pre-elite really taking things over there, you watch those shows, and you have a good memory of them too, so... Yeah, and, and no surprise either that this song came around during the Sinclair era. So it all it all fits together there. Yeah, but um, but yeah, again, if I had to take a guess as to which songs you would pick for this before I saw your choices, this would have been number one, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, started watching the Ring of Honor 2009, 2010, uh, and you know, it's kind of kind of interesting. You know, the first r- real feud. I remember watching in in real time with the Briscoes was, was the the few they have the All Night Express that featured a bunch of bloody battles in 2011 that were just you know really something else and then it's sort of funny that you know they had that you know feud with a, a, a up and coming tag team and they sort of you know the last sort of thing they did was um, you know, another great feud with another uh, with an even better tag team in FTR but uh, yeah no I. I, I, you know, Mark is still using the song now. Obviously, you know, it's associated with Briscoes very much. And, you know, it, it's it's just weird thinking about the song now. And, um, you know, just because I can vividly remember that the day that, you know, everything happened with Jay. And it was one of those weird things where, you know, I remember what I was doing that day. I you know, was working on stuff in the house here. And I remember reading the news when it came out. and. You know, it was one of those things where, like, I registered it, you know, I I put on a long Twitter thread about it, you know, about Jay, about Jay and what I thought of, you know, him and his career and everything. And I remember seeing everyone just, you know, just talking about it. But it, it never really, it, it never really sunk in. Like, I, I saw it, I, you know, understood what happened, but it was just, you know, something that was, you know, crazy. It's like, no, it's like. It, it just didn't really sink in for, you know, a couple of days. And I think it was, you know, whether I was, you know, just jogging in the neighborhood here or whether I was watching the, the memorial service where it really hit me as like, oh, oh, my God, he's 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 gone way too early. And that's and that's so sad. And uh, I guess it sucks to a deg- one way that it sucks is that, you know, I did not see Jay wrestle live post pandemic. The last time I saw him wrestle live was at the MSG show in twenty nineteen. Which uh you know, just I was thinking about this too, that, you know, 
there's two people on that show who who since I you know when I was there you know since then two people have passed on and Jay Briscoe and Hanukkah Moore you know both you know different reasons obviously but you know far too young for them to uh to die at and um and yeah I guess my only if I had one regret is I didn't get the chance to see Briscoe's again after the pandemic but you know I don't think they did any you know they were still, you know, Bring of Honor was still very deep in, you know, doing their pandemic tapings. And, you know, by the time they went out of business under Sinclair and then Tony Cobb by the company, you know, they didn't run any shows near me. So, uh, at least I can take solace in the fact that the last time I did see the Briscoes in person as, you know, as an act wrestling, it was, uh, yeah, in the, you know, the world's, as it's called, the world's most famous arena. So, uh, yeah, again, it's just very sad, but um, you know, so many, so many great memories with Jay and Mark for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said my piece about Jay when he died um, on the episode with Rich a few months ago, and uh, I won't go through the whole thing again. But um, but since then, you know, Mark is is still wrestling, and not just wrestling, but he's he's happy, he's exuberant, he's he's so full of life. You would think, like you know, after such a a horrifying loss like that he would be you know sullen and and depressed and down but no he's in in good spirits he comes out for his matches and he's you know going crazy and he's doing the mark briscoe stuff it, he's the same mark briscoe as before it's 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 wild and it's incredible to to see him again still wrestling and, and to see him on AEW TV which you know also feels very bittersweet i think cuz it, it had to be because of this that he finally made it onto TV in the first place. Um, but yeah, it's great to see him, you know, still be in the game like this and, and still have the song. Uh, you know, it, he, he mentions all the time how, you know, Jay isn't really gone. His his soul is still here. Well, his voice is still here too. You know, reach for the sky, boy. That's Jay's voice. And as long as, you know, Mark is still wrestling and as long as he has this song, Jay will still be around too. So that's pretty, you know, pretty nice to think about, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, and again, just uh, uh, it's just nice to see Mark still going and still going strong, and hopefully he has a uh, he has many more years in this in the wrestling business to come. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, well, that was number one, uh, Sean. What is music memory number two? So, music memory number two. So, for the last two songs. I decided to go a little different and, and sort of stray away from uh, theme songs that are specific to you know actual wrestlers and just pick sort of things that were associated with my fandom of wrestling. Now, uh, the, this song it was a theme song for a pay-per-view for uh, SummerSlam 2005, which I did not go to that show, and it's not, you know, I'm not picking it because I loved that show in particular, but it does associate with a point or a larger point I want to want to make about my sort of musical tastes. And uh, that song is Remedy by Seether.
growing up in the, uh, I was born in 1994, but growing up really in you know, the early to mid 2000s, uh, I think there were, in, in hindsight, there were a lot of different things sort of connected to wrestling that sort of molded my musical tastes in a lot of ways. And I think it was mainly, or two of, two of the different things, I guess I should say, were the the pay-per-view themes of the time from WWE as well as you know, the video games um you know again the song is Remedy by Seether and bands like Seether or Saliva or Puddle of Mud uh and probably others that I'm forgetting were you know uh all bands that were featured you know as WWE pay-per-view theme songs and and that was sort of my first introduction to some of these bands. And and then on the video game front, you had, you know, uh, you know, I know people talk about Here Comes the Pain, and that was sort of how great that game was. But for me, I think my first wrestling game that wasn't the, well, I guess technically my first wrestling game was WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube, but the, I don't think that had an actual, like, musical soundtrack of, like, actual songs but the first one that did have like a musical soundtrack of actual songs was a uh, you know the first smackdown versus raw game and then you know with that game and the later smackdown versus raw games that followed in the ensuing years you know there were a lot of fans that were featured on that on those you know on those video games that you know, i became fans of uh, you know, uh smackdown versus raw in 2004 had you know bands like breaking benjamin on their their soundtrack and you know they're, they're, you know, for those people who don't know, Breaking Benjamin, you know, when it had its original members, uh, currently I think only the lead singer is, uh, left in terms of original band members, but, you know, that band was born right here in the, in the Wilkesbury area. So, you know, they were a local band and, you know, having their music on a video game is like really cool. And I got more into them because of that. And then, you know, in two years, you had, you know, Three Days Grace was featured in the soundtracks and uh think of other bands like again puddle of mud uh, and then you know uh bands like godsmack and rise against and then there were other bands where you know to this day i there are bands that are featured on the wwe video games or bands that did songs for pay-per-views where I don't even have much music from them aside from, you know, list from the songs that were featured in the games or the pay-per-view themes. Uh, cause I'm someone who's more like in terms of musical tastes, you know, if I, if I just hear a song that I like, I will, you know, add it to my list of songs that I listen to on a regular basis. But, but yeah, I guess just going back to the larger point, you know, the, the pay-per-view themes, themes of that era, the early to mid two thousands and some of the, you know, the the, uh, the songs that were used in the video games as well of of that period really helped shape shape my uh, musical tastes as well as you know other like non wrestling related video games like uh, NASCAR Thunder two thousand four is a game that you know considered one of the greatest NASCAR console games of all time and has a killer soundtrack that features songs from bands that you know, I listen to to this day or you know stuff like the 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 uh, NFL games from that time feature, you know, Avenged Sevenfold music, and that's sort of how I found Avenged Sevenfold. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, again, 
sort of that growing up in that period really helped shape my musical tastes. And again, it was the pay-per-views and the video games that really, uh, really uh, molded me in that way in terms of my musical tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I are simpatico when it comes to that era of wrestling music, just, uh, you know, latching on to you. Because I mentioned before on the show that the two big factors that nudged me into being a music fan in my life are Guitar Hero slash Rock Band and wrestling. And, you know, given that I also grew up watching wrestling during those early to mid-2000s, surprise, surprise, a lot of that stuff is hard rock and metal. You know, it's it's bands like Seether and Avenged Sevenfold and Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin and, yep. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And um, Still some I don't know of my about favorite the re- bands to this very day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about the rest of your musical tastes, but as I got older, my tastes grew and changed, and I got more into, you know, prog rock and more dancey stuff and new wave and alternative and pop and so forth. So I look at my iTunes now, and there's Yes and Lady Gaga and The Killers and, you know, Gorillas and Phil Collins and Daft Punk and so on. But I also look at my iTunes, and, you know, Remedy is still there. Beast and the Harlot is still there. Uh, Stricken is still there. Firefly is still there. You know, among a bunch of other songs. And, you know, I I can't say that those bands are my all-time favorite bands, but those songs are really good. And I still have an appreciation for and a love for those songs. Because, you know, when you're young and getting into music, those first songs you latch on to, they latch on deep, you know, no matter what. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean when you say that that era of music and wrestling really, you know molded things for you yeah and uh some of those bands did end up come becoming some of my favorite bands like Revenge sevenfold break benjamin and disturbed i still have a lot of their a lot of their music that i listen to to this day and um you know i uh i lost my train of thought but um yeah so i was just you know again these uh these video games and the pay-per-view themes were really influential in my musical tastes and just sort of two quick notes i want to make sort of one that's related to Seether, and then one that sort of goes along with the pay-per-view thing so uh when i was younger i had wrestling figures and in the early age of youtube i found videos of people doing those stop motion things with wrestling figures where they'll have matches and stuff like that and it inspired me to try to uh, make my own video. And I guess I didn't realize that, like, a lot of these people just, like, do this in their house. And they just, like, use their, you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess, well, camera phones were still very young at that time. So maybe they used the first iPhone. But it was a lot of them just, you know, taking pictures in their house. And I, I brought it up to my dad. He's like, oh, we got to do this, you know professionally and, and is because he's a photographer you gotta do it in the studio i was like i i don't think that you know, we don't need to go that far <laughs> but we did and if you go on youtube and you search glock johnny which is my that was my dad's uh my dad's youtube account that i used frequently uh and you scroll and you you find the account and you scroll all the way down to the, to the first two videos there are two uh stop motion wrestling figure videos that I and my dad made and the first one which is which features a john cena figure and uh funny enough a, a ron killings action figure in apa Farouk figure because we didn't have i didn't have a referee 
figure. So Rotten Killings was the closest thing in his APA shirt and the jeans. But uh, yeah, the first video with John Cena, the, the song I Ron used in Simmons, that video. Ron Simmons, you mean? Ron Simmons. Did I say somebody else? You said Ron Killings. That's, Ron uh, that's Killings. Our truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I got them mixed up. That is my apology. I meant I I must have said Ron Killings, but I meant Ron Simmons. Uh, yeah, APA Farouk, Ron Simmons, uh, whatever you want to call him. But uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I didn't have a referee figure, so him and his APA shirt and uh, jeans was the closest thing I could use to referee. And in that video, uh, we used Remedy by Seether as music. So that's a fun little uh, a trivia note there that I did try it, and I only, I only did two ones, and uh, but they're still out there on YouTube if you want to find them. But uh, the other note I wanted to make real quick is that, so this is a sort of a funny story. So uh, on YouTube, I would look for pay-per-view themes. And uh, one year, I think this was late 08, early 09, I was looking for the theme for the 2009 Royal Rumble before, before the Rumble happened. And I found a video that had the poster on it. Or, you know, it was, it was the video that had the poster as the video, but then it played the song. And the song they had listed for the Royal Rumble theme was uh, Decode by Paramore. And, you know, little did I find out later that that wasn't actually the theme song for uh, the 2009 Royal Rumble. It was some, I think it was Kevin Rudolph's song. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is that, you know, and again, this goes into the fact that, you know, wrestling pay-per-view themes or wrestling video games helping me discover artists that's how I discovered Paramore, believe it or not. You know, I, I, you know, obviously that people know that song from Twilight, and Twilight, not for me. I get why <laughs> people liked it at the time, but that certainly, you know, in 2008, 2009, that was not my jam. But, uh, but yeah, the, another great example right there. Like, that's, I probably would have found them anyway at some point, but that's how I, that's how I discovered them. And now, you know, I'm going to see them in Madison Square Garden next month, which should be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, again, another great example of how uh, the video games and the people who themes really you know, shaped my musical tastes. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. 
But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What strange winds of fate. Uh, someone, <laughs> you know, p- puts the wrong poster on the wrong song on YouTube, and it just ends up being, you know, the start of your fandom for an entire band. So <laughs> funny how life works that way. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you said earlier uh, about how, you know, there are songs that you found from a pay-per-view or a game and how those are kind of the only songs you would have by those bands. Um, again, that's the same with me. You know, I mentioned a few episodes ago with Alan Cunahan how there are just a bunch of bands in my iTunes with like just one or two songs by them that I only know of because of wrestling and I can't tell you any other songs by them, you know. <laughs> that's all I know of them. But I can see the songs in my iTunes and I can just I can recall them, you know, instantly from memory. You know, because I've heard them over and over again, especially the ones from the video games, because I would play Day of Reckoning or SmackDown vs. Raw for hours and hours and hours, and the soundtrack would loop around, so I would hear these songs, you know, ad nauseum. So they're all just, you know, deep in my brain there. So, I, you know, I see the name Blackstone Cherry, and I think, big train rolling down <laughs> the line makes me lonely. And, you know, I see the Fireball Ministry and I think, I led the life unchosen, gave the lesson to the broken. And, you know, just many more bands like that. And I, again, I can't tell you any other songs by them, but but those songs I know. Those songs are, are drilled into me. So, yeah, I, I can't say I'm a fan of those bands again, but those songs are still with me. And I just, I can't find it in my heart to delete them from my iTunes because, you know, uh, you know they, they were part of my, my childhood and part of my fandom and I, I still like them. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it, again, it's just whether, you know, it's playing the video games for hours or, you know, remembering the uh, the video package for the Hulk Hogan's Shawn Michaels match whenever you hear Remedy by Caesar. So, <laughs> yeah, they certainly stick with you, especially when you're, you know, when you hear them a lot, so. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, time now for the third and final music in memory. Uh, Sean, what you got? So, for the third and final song I picked here, uh, we just talked about video games a lot, and wrestling video games. And this song sort of has somewhat of a connection to that, or actually a pretty big connection to that, but not in the way that a lot of you might think. 
So the final song is So Fresh, So Clean by Outkast. playing the uh, the video games and all that. Uh, during this period, I was not a subscriber of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter or PW Torch. Uh, so I had to get my news, you know, when I went on the computer and had to get my wrestling news. I went to the, I guess, the usual, uh, you know, the, the, the sites that, you know, just take bits of news from the Observer and the Torch and just put it on there for free for everyone. And one of the sites was a site that's still around today called NoDQ.com. And I remember going through their different sections on their website. And they had like a sort of like a miscellaneous section. And they had a video series or a series of videos that they shared on their site from YouTube that they did that were called NoDQ CAW. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. And then I looked and then. What I saw is that this was the, well, the first part of their series was, you know, on the WrestleMania, the aforementioned WrestleMania 19 video game on the GameCube, where it was like Superman and Batman wrestling each other, or Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees wrestling each other. And little did I know at the time that what I was watching was known as a call league, where, you know, or a CW league, where, you know, for those of you who might not know what that means, it's basically people who create wrestling character, create, you know, fictional characters on video games. And then I guess through the use of like capture card technology, because, you know, again, just to get some context, you know, this is WrestleMania 19 came out in 2000, 2003, 2004, that sort of range. And that's when those videos started appearing on, on YouTube. And, you know, this is something that's been going on for, years where people will take you know capture cards and then just you know create all these different pop culture characters from you know movies or video games or whatever have you and they create you know their own wrestling promotions with you know their own storylines and all this sort of crazy stuff and this song uh so fresh so clean by outcast was used in modi qcaw as the theme song for probably one of my personal favorite characters that I played after you know watching this and then making the character myself uh this was the theme for Mr. Clean <laughs> <laughs> um and you know I don't know what it was I guess it's just because you know I was that age and I was into the WWE video games you know WrestleMania 19 and then the Smackdown versus Raw series where you know the idea of creating you know fictional characters and then putting them in the WWE game was a ton of fun and the fact that these people sort of made their own, you know, wrestling promotions on the video games and then just did their own storylines, their own matches, and, you know, everything else. It was just 
I thought it was super cool. And for you know a long time, I you know, watched that stuff on YouTube, whether it was you know, NoDQ CAW, which was around from like uh, say like two thousand four to about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and that was primarily on the GameCube games. You know, first WrestleMania nineteen, and then onto the Day of Reckoning games. And then uh, later on, I would discover uh, a, a CAW promotion called Superstars of Ka, which was mainly for a lot of years on SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, which is, you know, still to this day, one of my favorite, you know, uh, WWE games from, like, the PlayStation 2, you know, with the original general manager mode and stuff like that. And, you know, and that promotion featured a whole different cast of char- characters, some similar, some different, uh, that, uh, you know, I never would have known about beforehand if I didn't, uh, if I didn't watch these videos. Like, for example, like, I had no idea who, like, uh, anime characters like Ichiko Kurosaki, I think it is, is his name, from Bleach, or Inuyasha, who I think is another famous anime character, uh, from, I didn't, like, I had no idea who they were. And then I watched, for example, Superstars of Claw, and they had those characters featured in their promotion, and I was like, oh, okay, now I know who these people are. And so yeah, that's pretty interesting. And like I said, it sort of led to me trying to create a lot of these characters on, you know, myself on, you know, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 or 2009. And I kept that up for a while. Eventually I fell off. I think partly one of the main reasons is that it's very, it's a very involved process, not necessarily making the characters. That wasn't terrible. I mean, the only I guess the only time it was terrible was when you had to create like the the Superman logo or the Batman logo, and you had to you know, and these games weren't exactly you know, ah, they weren't exactly the most detailed. So you had to sort of use different shapes and whatever to sort of make it work on there. Um, but what really what really killed it for me was like the move sets. Like the move set would always take like at least an hour to get done. And that always annoyed me. It was just going through and just making sure everything that I wanted on there was right. But, uh, but yeah, I spent a lot of time watching, you know, uh, colleagues. And there's way more that I didn't mention that exist out there or have existed. But, uh, yeah, so like with no DQCAW, you know, the, the people who I, you know, associate with that, you know, Batman and Superman and, you know, uh, like Freddy, Jason and Michael Myers and, you know, Spider Man and Link from Legend of Zelda and, I guess the the other guy who was the the eighth, I guess the eighth pillar, if you want to call it, one of the main characters, the main cast was Mister Clean. So, uh, and uh, any any an easy character to uh to make too, you know, just uh get a muscly bald guy, white t shirt, white pants, white shoes, and you're all set. When you gave me the list of songs earlier, and you gave me the reason for this song, it blew my mind because it triggered this long, long, long buried memory of watching these videos. I watch these videos too. I used to watch them so long ago. And yeah, it was like WrestleMania 19 for the GameCube and then later on Day of Reckoning. And there was Mr. Clean. There was Superman and Spider-Man and Ganondorf and Mario and Luigi and Ryu and all these pop culture characters and so on in a wrestling league. And the guy would do commentary over the matches and I still remember the intro, too, for the videos, which was like a montage of guys like AJ Styles and Kid Cash doing like, you know, NoDQ.com, NoDQ.com, NoDQ.com. So that's also, you know, in my memories there. And looking back on, on the whole thing, it's like, 
wow, this is super nerdy. <laughs> but <laughs> but I watched them because I'm a wrestling fan and a wrestling nerd. And back then, I needed wrestling content. You know, this is before the network. This is before streaming sites and all that. And, you know, I was kind of getting into, you know, sailing the seas and downloading matches here and there. But I needed more. I needed more input. And really, you know, in a fandom with be the booker forums and e-feds and stop motion wrestling figure you know videos is it really any nerdier than that you know i mean we're all nerds at the end of the day so yeah i saw this pick and i was just over the moon about it sean <laughs> yes and i i have so many fond memories from you know specifically no dqcaw because that was that was the that was the original colleague and uh so many so many fun memories from their videos whether it was you know for example, later on when uh, when they did their 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 big feud where Luigi turned heel on Mario and they had their little their little feud and it's, and you know it's funny with that one because I would and a lot of the characters that I that I took from these different leagues and made on my own video games for my own copies of SmackDown vs. Raw or whatever, um, you know, a lot of them turned out pretty well and I always thought it was funny because for I don't know for for whatever reason. Like heel Luigi, when I watched those videos of you know the, that feud that they did, heel Luigi, for whatever reason, I always picked and I and this is something I picked up later when I was a Ring of Honor fan. To go back to the beginning of of this episode, I, I always associated him with Austin Aries for whatever reason. So you know, I I know he used they used a different song for him in uh in a No DQC of W when you know he was a heel, but. uh I don't know, like whenever I create, whenever I would create him on the video games, I sort of made him in the mold of Austin Aries and sort of his style and gear and whatnot. And uh, so that's one good memory. And then you know, another one specific to Mister Clean is that uh, they they did a they did a show where it was like a bunch of their characters versus WWE characters on WrestleMania 19, and they had Mister Clean facing Ric Flair, and one of the stories that they had built in the in no DQCW is that, you know, Mr. Clean often worked as a heel because the, the whole thing they said was that, you know, he's Mr. Clean, but he fights dirty, you know? So, and they had a, a segment where promoting his match with Ric Flair, where they had like a hand show. I think there was a book, the, an autobiography that Ric Flair wrote around, you know, 2004, 2005. And they, they did a video where they basically, they burned the book. They burned Ric Flair's book to build the match, and that was that was, that was pretty funny. That's always something that stick that I always remember, and uh, and yeah, it just again there's there are other CW leagues that you know uh, were on like the SmackDown vs Raw games that you know are you know were games that I more played later on, but I always have a fondness for WrestleMania 19, the video game, and mainly you know because of no DQ CAW and obviously they did stuff on day reckoning later on, but uh, WrestleMania 19 was such a fascinating video game with, you know, uh, particularly with all like the backstage stuff. Cause I think one of the, I think the main storyline of the game is that like you got fired, you're you pick a wrestler, you get fired by Vince and Stephanie man comes to you and uh, like, tries to get you back in by having you go around and disrupt WrestleMania through like attacking for some reason, like attacking like construction workers and police officers yeah, yeah. and all these random locations. 
And I always remember there's this one location in a harbor that they do where I guess the objective of the match is that you have to like you have to send people through these these different grates that break. And when they just you know when they break and you send them through, they fall into the abyss. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 and that and that's one of the matches that they used in the in the Nodi QCW. I think they called it the the, uh, the trip to oblivion match, which is quite a, which is quite a thing of a wrestling match. But uh, but yeah, like I said, a lot of the characters that I created on the game, whether it was you know in the early sort of SmackDown versus Raw games or later games where you know the online community where you can go on to the like the online servers and like download the characters, which saves you a lot of work, let me tell you, it saves you a ton of work. Um, and, you know, a lot of that came from watching some of these colleagues, and, you know, as far as the WWE video games go, it's uh, certainly something I remember fondly, and, and they used all sorts of different songs for the themes, and, you know, uh, some of them were just, you know, the basic, you know, like for Superman, like the basic, like, you know, the John Williams Superman theme, you know, pretty basic one or like something like the Batman theme either from you know the Dark Knight or uh the Tim Burton Batmans but some of them used actual music and uh the song is one that uh I will always associate with Mr. Clean uh probably for as long as I live so and that's that's because of Nudie QCW so and if anyone's curious and you want to go like check this stuff out it's, you know, it's nearly 20 years old at this stage, or approaching 20 years old. There is a YouTube channel out there that's called NodiQ CAW Vault. I think it has pretty much everything they did on there. So if you ever want to go out and watch it, and if you're curious, uh, feel free to. It's out there for free to watch it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, they're all still up there on that, that channel you mentioned. Um, very grainy videos, too, because they're so long ago or yeah, whatever, but yeah. but they're all up there. Yeah, real throwback. Um, it actually reminded me of another YouTube series of videos I would watch back in the day. Um, did you ever watch the Endorphin Pro Wrestling videos, by any chance? I I actually I, – I, I'm actually very familiar with those. Basically, for, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically – I don't know how, like what like program or video game this is, or even if it's a video game. I'm I'm guessing it's just like a computer simulation thing, or it's basically just like essentially like 3D stick figures is the best way I can describe it. Like doing yeah, it's, wrestling stuff. Yeah, it's this program called Endorphin, which I think is discontinued now. But you could animate models and have them like move around and interact with each other um and the models they weren't like stick figures they were more like just these really super basic like gray and blue models almost like mannequins in a way where they have faces but the faces don't have any real details in them yeah and there were these videos where you know guys would animate the models to do wrestling moves so they would do you know these crazy moonsaults and destroyers and power bombs and all that stuff and they weren't like full matches they were more like highlight videos so it was all just, you know, very silly and, and basic. But again, you know, when you're a young, bored wrestling fan looking for any sort of content, it, it hit the spot. Sean, I can't lie, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely remember those. And again, a lot of those were, again, not really matches, but more just highlights of people doing, of these these, uh, these mannequins doing moves. And uh, a lot of those were set to, you know, you know, basic, like, music video music of just, like, typically rock and stuff like that and yeah i definitely remember those those were a lot of fun and you know like you said that game or that program or whatever it hasn't been 
used a long time or was discontinued. Because if you look at these videos on YouTube, there's really there's there's no new ones. If you look, they're all like from like eight, probably at the earliest eight years ago, and most of them are a lot older than that. But uh, but yeah, like with, with that and with the colleagues, uh, colleagues and uh, all that other sort of stuff, like a lot of that was like coming up on YouTube. Really, I guess in YouTube's initial era, its initial infancy, you know, that those early years of YouTube, and you know, as a middle schooler and later in high school, that's stuff that I you know remember fondly. Just searching, searching YouTube and finding stuff like that, and just watching it for sometimes hours and hours, just because I thought it was a lot of fun. And you know, as someone again, someone you know at that age, like not capable of like you know getting torrents of Japanese wrestling shows, you know, I had not gotten into Japanese wrestling at that point or, you know, anything else like that, you know, my wrestling watching was simply just, you know, until I got, until I discovered Ring of Honor on the, uh, on the Uchinet channel, it was just from 2004 to 2009, it was just WWE and then 2006 TNA when I discovered TNA and, uh, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed those, but I wanted more, and that's that's that was my outlet to find it. So you take what you can get. You know, you just gotta <laughs> take what you can get. Exactly. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but very, but very, but very fond memories. Definitely some fond. Oh memories. yeah. Uh, and yeah, and occasionally I'll always go back and, and watch them and just reminisce about how wacky and crazy uh, colleagues colleagues can be. You know, some of them are very basic like that, where they just have to do the boilerplate uh characters that you'll find from a from major pop culture and they don't get really weird, weird ones um i remember one colleague i forget what the name of it is but uh they i think it's might still be around but they had a wrestler who was or one of their characters that they created was kramer from seinfeld but it had a twist where it wasn't it wasn't kramer it was kkk kramer <laughs> And they had him wrestle in like a, an all white, and uh, it was it was like like that one is definitely one of the more the more raunchy I think colleagues I think I've come across. But I'd uh, say yeah, but yeah, but basically yeah, playing off that whole incident from many years ago where he had a racist rant at a comedy club in Los Angeles, I think it was, and yeah, again, I enjoy the more basic stuff, but like you know. Stuff like that could be, you know, it's very dark comedy. It can be pretty jarring if you're not ready for it. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the world of, uh, call wrestling can be very, can be very wacky and very strange sometimes, but also very enjoyable and entertaining. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Sean, thank you again for being here. As always, this was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, whether it's, Talking about the Briscoes or Mr. Clean or whatever, it's <laughs> it's always a blast, my friend. Of course, yeah. I always enjoy uh, appearing on uh, Music of the Mat. It's uh, an amazing show, that, or I guess amazing podcast, I should say, that, uh, you know, always a good listen. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. All right. Um, well, of course, as we mentioned off the top, we are coming off of WrestleMania weekend. And I participated in three different reviews for uh, Voices of Wrestling. Uh, I was part of the group review for 
as you would expect, uh, Super Card of Honor. And then I participated in the reviews of both nights of WrestleMania. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, voicesofwrestling.com for uh, anything Ring of Honor related. I'll usually be involved. Um, and I guess the other thing I'll plug is that I mention this occasionally for my Twitter and sometimes in the Discord, the Voices of Wrestling Discord. Uh, I do have a Extreme Warfare Revenge Diary where I started as WCW in 1998. Uh, the diary is on be, on the Be the Booker forums. Uh, currently in 2001, sort of October-ish. And in the actual game, though, itself, uh, I, I tried to, you know, honestly, do the game well in advance before I post stuff. Uh, I'm in 2002, so that's, that's a lot of fun. And if you want to... Uh, all that series you can definitely go to the be the book of forums and do that um and then just my, my twitter uh sac door 2994 uh and i'm also on of course the vow discord just mentioned that and if you want to talk to me there or on twitter about anything from you know, uh, wrestling stuff to uh a lot of motorsports stuff that i talk about i know we have a, a racing specific channel in the discord it's a lot of fun, and I, you know, I, I tweet a lot about the races when I'm watching them, but if you want to interact with me, hey, I, I'm more than open to it, you know. Wrestling, I love wrestling, but my first love will always be racing, so um, I'm always up to chat about it if you want to chat about it, so there you go. If I'm not mistaken, don't you have a new wrestling draft podcast as well? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Thank you for bringing it up, Andrew. I almost forgot about that. Uh, I'm sure Griffin, I'm sure Griffin will be very, uh, very displeased with me that I forgot to plug <laughs> that as well. But uh, yes, we do have a podcast that just got off the ground. It's called VOW's uh, The Draft, uh, sort of a play on WWE's The Bump, if you're familiar with that show. Um, we did our pilot episode recently on uh, WrestleMania weekend and basically drafting wrestlers who were booked for the non-WWE shows on WrestleMania weekend. And uh, our goal is to sort of do sort of a, a, a five-star match game-esque schedule, very infrequent, maybe once a month, maybe maybe once every two months, depending on what, if you have you know, any fresh ideas. And that, again, that's mainly just to uh, keep the ideas fresh and not burn ourselves out too quickly. I think at least once a month is a, um, a good starting point. And it'll, again, prevent us from running out of topics very quickly. Uh, we're probably going to release an episode sometime in April, probably towards the end of April. Uh, we haven't set a date of anything like when we rec- record it. Uh, though we do have a topic in mind. I'll I'll just leave that as a teaser. We do have a topic in mind, and uh, yeah, hopefully it becomes a successful series, a successful podcast series. And uh, I hope everyone out there gives gives the first episode a listen. I know we just did the voting, and uh, I believe uh. Liam from the uh, You Got to Be Kidding Me podcast won the uh, inaugural draft. So congratulations to Liam. He did a great job. Um, and yeah, just look out for uh, more episodes of that coming out, hopefully in the near future. If you ever need someone to, you know, take part in such a podcast, my phone lines are open. You know, my oh, my availability course, course, is yeah. pretty, you know, pretty good. So <laughs> of course, I'm sure I'm sure we will have you on at some point. Uh, uh, 
though I, I will say that there is, uh, for the topic we have in mind for the next episode, we do have a very, a very special guest in mind, and uh, let, let's just say that they're very, they're very knowledgeable. It's, it's a, it's a topic that someone on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network is very familiar with, and uh, I'll see about that. Not, nothing, nothing, nothing confirmed. By the way, not not confirmed yet, but just a teaser of someone we have in mind to be on the, on the show. I don't want to, I don't want to confirm something that's not confirmed yet. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely thinking about having this person on the show. A very uh, juicy hint there. <laughs> someone who knows something about something. So yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> very as as vague as possible. Yes. Yes. Well. Um... Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Met. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate. For any donations, uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Sean, thank you again, and I'll see you around. No problem, Rich. Andrew, and I uh, almost called you Rich. Andrew Rich. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's late here, folks. It's uh, getting pretty tired, but... Uh... Thank you as always, Andrew. It's always a pleasure to have to be on your show and uh, talk different wrestling music related things with you. Uh, again, it's a wonderful podcast. Well, thank you, Cedor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, for Sean Cedor, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.